Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I am Steve Surly. My partner is Mr. Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer your conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry, members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a lot of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. Yeah, we sure do. Daiwa Reels. The We Fish ASA podcast is recorded and produced by Berserk Productions. That is Mr. Brad Nearman down in Lando Lakes, Florida. Hello, Bradley. How are you doing? We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can get it at our website. Check us out there at wefishasa.com. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix. No, we're pinch-hitting for Dan Johnston with the one and only Trey McKinney, one of the youngest guys in professional fishing. Man, this guy is turning the fishing world on its ear. He is really doing great. Look forward to hearing Trey McKinney pinch hit for Dan Johnston today. Now we're going to have Kevin Brandon from Real Guppy Outdoors on, a great organization. I visit with the guy I really like. He is Justin Lucas, professional fisherman, just come off a big win at Lake Eufaula in the Toyota Series of Major League Fishing. But first, let me hand off to Dave Kranz. Here you go, David. Take it away. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Normally, we have Dan Johnston here. He couldn't make it, so we have a pro staffer filling in for him. He is Trey McKinney. Welcome to the program, Trey. Hey, guys. What's going on? So, how long have you been a pro staffer for St. Croix? I'll tell you what, I think it's been at least three years now, I would say. I was I thinking think it was... Pretty, I'd say that was a pretty safe answer. I think it, I think it might have been four because you showed me uh, Charger Boats at the 2019 Knoxville uh, Classic and you were That's working the booth true. at Croix. So, it's four. That's and, true. And that is. Let's let the listeners know. When, when did you turn 18? I turned 18 February. Okay, so yes, sir. You, four years, you were 14 years old when you started as a pro staffer with St. Croix. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, sir. Like I said, and like, like I said, Dan, Jesse, all that, it's almost like family now. Like, it's it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it means a lot, really. It does, and they're great, and uh, and I, I absolutely uh, love being on their pro staff also. But you're, you're trying to qualify for... Uh, the elites on Bassmaster, you're doing all of the opens. Uh, you're having a pretty good uh, run of it so far. You you want to talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's one of the things. It's just a dream right now. You know, it, it, I can't even hardly put it into words. You know, I mean, I was kind of, it's kind of scared. You know, stepping up there, I was like, okay, the opens. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, even Paul McFish this last with all these other guys. I mean, that, that's kind of intimidating. You know, once you once you hear that from afar and. Uh, I'm, I'm glad, glad we did. Like, you know, I started in BFLs, and 
I've done pretty well. I had some success here and there. And this year we just kind of, we kind of talked to everybody and it was one of them things where, you know, let's, let's do it. You know, I'm young. I don't have too much responsibility. I'm staying at home. You know, it's, it's one of the things where I was like, you know, this would be perfect. You know, let's try it. So, uh, so, so we tried it. We uh, they were fishing all night trying to make the e-cubes and, uh, we're sitting pretty good right now. We're sitting third. Um, and, and number two is already in the elite, so it, it's pretty cool. It's and like I said, we just gotta we gotta stay level from here on out. No pressure, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Now you say you you did a few uh, BFLs and did okay there. Well, for the listeners, uh, Trey fished two years in uh, in a row in uh, Illinois uh, Southern Illinois Division, correct? Yes, sir. And you were Angler of the Year both both years. Yes, sir. That, we were, that's we were. not a little bit of success. That's a lot of success, and I think it was a good move for you to jump levels and go to something that you went to the highest level you could go before you have to get invited uh, on Bassmaster, which is the the opens, and and you're doing all nine of them, right? Yes, sir. Uh, you got five left. Is there any on that list that is uh, exciting to you that you're going to? Oh, let's see. I mean, the St. Lawrence, I mean, it is like, like you said, that's awesome. It's June, but it, it's one of them things where if it's all, it's just, I don't know, there's a lot of room for a lot of other people to catch it. You know, it's one of them things that's kind of scary, and but it's kind of like, oh, we're going to have so much fun, but it's kind of scary at the same time. You know? So, I mean, you hear all them stories that you catch 18 pounds and you get a pat on the back, kind of thing, <laughs> you know? So it's one of them things where it's a little intimidating, but like I said, as long as we can just hold hold our own, just kind of kind of keep consistent, you know, just not have, always have five fish. That, that's my main main worry, you know. That's why I always got me a Legend X with a loose hot max spinner reel, and it always got something in that finesse range, you know. I throw a, I got a six ten medium light and a seven foot medium. And dude, I always have a drop shot on a six ten and a whack worm on a seven. You know, it, it's it's pretty cool. Like them baits are one of the baits. It's it's pretty special, really. That they work everywhere. You know, you can always either drop down. You know, it's getting kind of tough getting that sun live scoping. Those are just two really really finesse baits that can do it. And I mean, you can drop down line. You can go to six pound, and it just kind of just depends on on what you're doing. You know, current more or less um, anything else like that. I'll drop to six. You know, there's less drag. Sometimes just just a pitch of cover, I think I think matters a lot. So I think it's going to be interesting on a lot of them. I'm like Watts Bar. I think that's going to be a pretty tough one. Um, places like that. But I mean, like I said, we just got to keep even from here on out. Yeah, I think that it's our biggest blessing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, are you uh, real comfortable with fishing smallmouth, or or is it you know where you at on that that part of your journey as far as fishing brown ones yeah. rather than green ones? It's um. Like you said, smallmouth are definitely a different breed. Um, I, it's one of the things where I haven't got. It, it, I guess it's kind of like this. It's not like a, a gut feeling, you know. Like uh, largemouth, they're just. I mean, they're a little different. They're kind of homebodies, you know. Yep. Just kind of like whatever. But smallmouth, I mean, you never know. Smallmouth or smallmouth. Uh, that's how I say it. But it's um like I said, it, it's it's a learning experience, you know. If if I am going to try to fish the elites, anything else like that, or if I am lucky enough. I'm gonna have to learn, you know. So I'm I'm excited about the journey. Like this last tournament was um, super super helpful for me here uh, at Wheeler. You know, I mean it, that that thing was amazing for me. Just learning on live scope because literally I fished three days not looking up. Like that was that was pretty well the key to it. It's just hunting, uh, basically covering enough water with live scope where you could find the right dots. I mean that's basically what it was for me. 
I had a few areas in practice that I thought were all right, but it was not one of them things where I'm like, oh, dude, we're going to sack them, you know. It was one of them things where I just kind of scratched everything before the morning, tried to take off, and just went fishing. So um, it, was, it was pretty cool. But um, I'm, I'm excited about a few of them, hopefully. Yes, yeah. It is, so it's St. Lawrence the next one, or you got one in between? We have Ufala, Oklahoma, okay. um, after now. Um, that one that one's going to be interesting. You know, I, I feel like that's going to still be a live scope paradise um, there. I feel like there's going to be um, just kind of isolated cover, stuff like that, some few docks. Um, and then, then after that, we go to uh, St. Lawrence. And then after then, I also couldn't tell you, but th- those are our next two up in right, line right. up to bat. So I, th- I think both of them are going to be going to be definitely pretty good ones. Yep, and it'll be fun. Are you going out of Clayton or are you going out of Messina for that one? Um, or I think it's shoot. I would honestly have to look at the schedule. Yeah, most time it's Clayton. Clayton's on the uh, the west side. Uh, Messina's uh, on the east side, and Waddington's in the middle. And normally they go out of one of those three places. But uh, there's a lot of river to run there. Do you know if the lake's going to be open to you guys? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I, I, the last time I heard, I heard that's um, a few a few people talking. I think that's one thing that's going to like help, not help the lakes, but kind of if you did catch 18, 19 pounds, it's going to be better off than if you could go the lake. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the lake's off limits. So I feel like a lot, some people think that's going to change the weights a little bit. Um, I don't know how much, like I said, I don't know, don't know much about it. After you follow them, I'll sit down and start, start researching, you know, Doing your that's homework. another really important thing is just being able to have so much technology to us nowadays. I mean, we got everything in our fingertips. You know, you want to learn something. There's always, some sort of video out there and that's that's a pretty cool thing for us young guys just being able to learn from anybody you know you don't have to you don't have to take everything but like i said if you watch five or six videos just take a few things from each video and put your own puzzle together you know so i think i think it's pretty cool absolutely what does it mean to be a part of the st croix family to you <laughs> it means everything dude i mean it's like it's crazy like dan i, I love dan he, i mean he's awesome man. and i'll tell you what like that man is an incredible on the water you know he can literally fish for anything like he everything like that man has so much knowledge on the water and just being able to every once in a while get in the boat with it means everything like man i try to learn no matter who i go fishing with being a sponge is more important than telling anybody anything i've ever learned or anything you know just trying to soak up information just trying to just anything i can get my hands on you know just wrap my brain around. I'm trying to, and I mean that's really special, man. He's a super good dude, Jesse. I mean he's fantastic. You know, anytime I got a problem, anything I need, a little bit of advice on the business industry, I just give him a call. And I mean he give me his peace of mind. That means everything, you know. So I mean, and like I said, best trials on earth. You know, I mean it, it's it, it kind of stands for itself. It, it's pretty cool, you know, just having so many techniques that they have. You know, USA Bill. I mean, it's pretty special, really. I mean, you, you look at it on all their blanks and all the different types of rods, bass, mojo bass, I mean, legend glide. I mean, it goes way up. It goes from all the way down. And, and it, that's the thing I love about it, really, is, heck, it don't bother me. Like, you know, some, some classes you're like, oh, I got to use this rod. I and mean, from there up, it's all good. But really, they're all good, you know. Yep. They're all good for something. And that, that says something. Like, I can go bass sex. I throw a sexy dog on a bass sex. I mean, I throw... I crank it on a legend glass and then I go back and I throw like a 1.5 sometimes on a 7.2 medium heavy on a uh, Bass X. Like, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool, really. I mean, it, it really is. And like I said, I go all over. I have all, basically everyone in my boat. Um, I use like anything dragon. I'll go to like a legend tournament, a legend extreme. 
And then, anyway, like, I have two baits, you know. I, I'm a confidence junkie. I have a, um, it's, it's a structure jig from Strike King. Mm-hmm. And you pair, pair it with a menace. And I, that's kind of a little secret here, you know. But it's, uh, <laughs> and that's what I said. I have always two rods on my deck. I have a Legend Tournament, 7-2 Heavy. For that, it's more of a finesse style. I know right. I pair it with two rods. I got seven four heavy and a seven two heavy. And I use them for a different structure, you know, twenty pound line or twenty five pound line. And then I always have me a seven medium for like a Nico rig or like a, like a wacky rig, like Legend X. I would those those rods are the most important to me. You know, I always have use for them. You can make them work literally anywhere you go like it's it's pretty cool like them them are my baits that i'm always gonna have i always have to test you know see if i can catch them on it's just confidence to me I, to me that's what's all that's what's fishing all about you know i i not talk it, it works man I, i've tried it and you can catch a few fish like that and sometimes it turns you on to something that's the biggest puzzle and you might end up winning you know but just fishing to your strength has helped me so much and just like trying to find out, like just just cover water, you know, and, and all of a sudden you'll tell you, oh man, I do. I've done this before, and all of a sudden you go back to the old style and the confidence, and you start catching them. You know, it's, it's pretty special. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that, and. Uh... Trey McKinney, we are happy to have you fill in for Dan today. Uh, we're enjoying the uh, watching your ride as you try to qualify for the elites. You're doing great, and. Uh, I'm sure it won't be the last time we're talking to you. We'll we'll have you on again uh, sometime in the future. Uh, thanks for pitching for Dan. Hopefully so, man. I, and thank you for letting me sit in. That right there means a lot. And anything, man. I, I say it's uh, it, like I said, it's gonna be a journey. Like I said, it's it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be scary. It's gonna be stressful. But it, hopefully, like I said, hopefully, just kind of. Keep it level from here on out and see what the Lord's got in store for us. Absolutely. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Oh, no problem. That was Trey McKinney. I am Dave Kranz. This segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company 
that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say everybody I get to interview on this segment has a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly does on a couple of uh, avenues here. Welcome back, Kevin Brandon. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. So uh, what's the update between uh, Real real Anglers and Real Guppy Outdoors? Tell us what's going on. All right. So we kind of figured out a way to put everything together called the Real Angler Network. And we have a new website called Community Kevin. And that has everything underneath it. Because we do a podcast. I do my television fishing show that actually started taking the kids out, you know, over 12 years ago when it was just called Real Anglers Kids Fishing Days before we actually formed a 501c3, which is Real Guppy Outdoors, yeah. is our um, it's the nonprofit side. And, you know, with, with the pandemic coming up, or if it just passed us or whatever you want to call it that we're in, I was asked to do more classrooms as, a, as an educator, you know, as the Guppy guy. So we were using more video and digital technology to be able to broadcast into schools. And even the kids that I was going into the classrooms with were loving the fact that I was a YouTube star more than just a nonprofit founder. So we started even inserting our, our Real Anglers episodes into our new workbooks. So it was like during the time of, of um, doing the Zoom classes and going into schools, they needed a teacher that I was able to do more of my teaching style that I love from the TV show side of things and incorporated with the, with my guppy character, I guess you would say. And then we also opened up a learning center now with the multimedia studio, museum, hands-on education, all this that we've opened up in our local harbor area. So we decided, how do we how do we get the help that we need to make it all under one umbrella? And it's the Real Angler Network, which we've been calling it for a while, but really utilizing the multimedia side for educating and getting the message out and shooting television shows and fishing shows and short films about the Channel Islands, and then also working within the nonprofit side to help us get some grant funding so that way we can do some projects, but then we make video for them so that way they everybody's about content now, so we're able to use all of it so that way we can share the content share the educational filmmaking, uh, all that kind of stuff, you know, under one umbrella. Because the reason I say that is that nonprofit, man, can be hard to also try to continue to get funding. So we had to come up with other cool ways to try to get funding where I can give some funding back to the program by doing some for-profit stuff with the TV show that helps the, the nonprofit function with our own kind of um, own funding. You know? Yeah, it make, makes a lot of sense to try to have it under one umbrella like that. And But the ultimate goal on everything, and I think for all of us in the industry at any level, is to get more people fishing, get kids fishing. The earlier we get them started, uh, the better chance that it's going to stick, I think. Yeah, man, I'm a big part of the R3 program. So besides all that other stuff I do, I just actually got uh, brought on to... Um, the Sanctuaries Council out here, too, for, for recreational fishermen. Um, I'm a big part of CCA about getting, you know, about recreational fishing because that's where my passion comes from, starting working on boats since I was 11 years old, fishing piers. I was working on a boat yesterday with some first-timers and getting them, you know, just getting started. So whether it's kids or adults that think fishing could be intimidating to go in there and purchase and what gear to buy and get on a boat or maybe the ocean scares them, whatever the... the whatever's slowing them down for, for, from getting on the water that we're able to uh, to help in all facets and get more people fishing. How do you break it down and teach them about, you know, how to cook their fish, all these little things that go into stuff that we love to do like that's natural, but just very simply introduce that to the kids and also their parents through a clinic style so that they are going to a store and purchasing a, a rod and reel setup combo so that they are doing it together as a, as a recreational family engagement thing. You know what I'm saying? I just, a kid fishing pond where the kid catches one and he gets a hot dog and then you don't see that kid again until the following year 
the next time there's a kid derby, if we're teaching the parents at the same time, then they're going to continue to purchase gear and continue to go. So we're, we're being part of the R3 program to recruit and retention reactivate. That's been really helpful for us to see families returning and put their own gear and getting started. Yeah, because many parents don't know how to fish if they didn't grow up in a fishing family. And these kind of events help them uh, learn it and get better at it. And they find out that they, they like it. And, you know... Everybody can do this on a small level too. You know, take the neighbor kids fishing. Get somebody back into fishing that that lapsed and and hasn't done it for years for whatever reason. Get them back to it. It's and it's so rewarding to help people uh, share the same passion that we have when when you see the smiles on their faces and them actually learning and catching fish. And it's even more rewarding when they take it to the next level and teach somebody else after they know. Yeah, man, we just call it live discipleship, stewardship, you know, development. These are all these terms that I use when I'm teaching. But that that is that is the key to it, man. And then also highlighting the experience of the day, that it's not just a monster fish, man. You can do everything right on a day, right? Right conditions, right bait. Everything is going, you know, you think it's perfect, and you still not get a bite. So you make up jokes like, hey, that's the reason you got to come back by. Or maybe you notice the dolphins swimming by the pier, or sea lions, or if you're on freshwater, maybe deer or something like that. But... Really try to paint the experience of the outdoor adventure, the smell, drinking coffee versus, again, let's just go out and catch some big trophy that we can, you know, over, you know, make it look like it's just a trophy hunters kind of thing. When, again, just the basics of catching, the, you know, going to the pier with a crab net, catching a couple small smell, you know, catching a spider crab in the hoop net, you know, the, the full adventure, man, is something that's really been uh, a key to us, again, continuing to grow our program and showing the educational side and, then they, then they get in love with how do they get responsible of the angler and identification and, you know, protecting that resource, too. So it's kind of all bottled into one, you know, not yeah. just again, catching the trophy or the monster, but the whole how do we love this resource? How do we utilize it? How do we respect it? And we nerd, you know, and then that way it's part of what we become in our community. You know? Yeah, I like that. Clean, accessible waters, the whole experience, uh, getting out there and seeing nature and, and being outside and, and keeping somebody's kids off of a of screen rather than, uh, you know, get them, get them in the outdoors. And, and that is a good uh, opportunity for all of us to do. How do they get a hold of you uh, if they want to find out more? So, yeah, you just really go to communitykevin.com now. Community Kevin, and that'll take you to our podcast. Real Anglers YouTube page that has our videos. And then Real Guppy Outdoors, a nonprofit, so you can more learn about it. And right now we've opened this learning center. So we have a couple of interns. We're actually... Uh, Facebook for job placement. So we got some students and staff now from the university and from Goodwill. And some of those kids have been filming with us, doing community science projects, developing some stuff that they can do research when they're on the trip. And we have another kid that's filming it and also editing it. So we just built like four new YouTube videos. And they're shorter clips, added cast. Um, again, being outdoors, being at the Channel Islands. Again, we are encompassing that whole adventure. And now we have some, some youngsters that are coming in and using that. That's that, that excitement of using the digital technology that are familiar with it and learning how to create these cool videos so that way they get a chance to, to create video too. So there are some great new videos on the Real Anglers uh, YouTube page. And again, you can get to that from um, Community Kevin. Excellent. Excellent. So the... Uh, uh the goal to get get all of us want to get more kids involved in fishing and get the fishing involved in the schools so that so you have the chance to reach the masses. I mean, reaching a neighborhood or reaching a you know an area. But if you could get this into schools across the country, what a gift that would be! Yeah, we're just starting with some after 
after school programs now. We have a local elementary school that we partnered up with two years in a row. So it's kind of like breaking the barrier of, uh, you know, what, what's the risk of taking kids on the pier with knives and, and hooks and, you know, the liability, especially in California, you know, we're really, really careful out here about everybody about getting sued. So once we got to the first school, Sunkiss, and we did the whole school, man, first grade through fifth grade, we got some home schools um, that are coming along and some charter schools. And, uh, yeah, now we're just getting into the after-school program. It's called um, the Scholars Program, and then that's the way it's for us to continue. But the educational component, man, was a big help versus uh, is fishing just another sport? The school is going to take, you already got football and softball and all these other huge sports. So when you, when you put the educational part on it, that was a real helper for us to finally get into the schools because, again, it wasn't just considered a recreational sport. So just something that anybody listening to think about, how do you approach them? Is it on science-based, you know? Is it volunteerism that kids are getting a chance to be good stewards? There's other ways that you can finesse the language so that way you can get past, oh, they're just teaching about a fish, you know? Because people that aren't interested in fishing, there might be the gatekeepers might knock it down immediately because it just sounds like they're fishing. But if you kind of lure them in, I'm using my little puns now, you know? Yeah. education and, and diversity or inclusion or these new, these words that are being used, you have a better shot of, of uh, them listening to a conversation on how to get them in there. Then again, you teach confidence, do fishing, not tying, problem solving. There's things that we that we say so that way they're, oh, there is a lot more than just fishing. Yeah, we're teaching life building skills. There's more that's tied into it besides me just catching a lunker, you know? So those are ways that we've learned to use the dialect to get us in there so that we can get, get uh, that. And then, again, sending them a video with kids laughing and having a great time on the pier. You can't beat that either. It's like looking at pictures of puppies. <laughs> Absolutely. And wildlife identification and experiencing the whole thing in the outdoors. Uh, I don't know what can be better than that. And, and teaching kids uh, to, to enjoy the outdoors is, is uh, certainly uh, a gift. And, uh, and, and you thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. And in that part, too, man, again, the kids thing is great, but let's, let's talk about family engagement, right? If you're a kid, you say, oh, we're going to get our kid into sports. So that way our kid has something to do. We're always giving it up to somebody else for our kids to do something. Recreational fishing is a family engagement sport. We're engaging. We're fellowshipping. We're sitting by the bank having conversation. If we go to a ball game or I go to my kid's game, I'm just screaming from the sideline eating french fries. I'm not out there unless we're playing catch on his day off. We're not engaging. You know, we're entertained. We're spectating. So, again, think about family engagement. How important that is. If you have a tackle shop and you say, hey, let's put together a family clinic this Saturday where families can come down and learn how to knot tie and play with bait and hook rubber worms and do it together as a family, a family engagement part. Just let's not just bang the drum about getting kids because it's not their responsibility. It's the you know parents, a dad. Maybe again, it's walking to Big Five and everything looks so so uh, so overwhelming that you pick something else to do. So if they, some of these local tackle shops that can do it, you know, or or a landing. Hey, let's put together a little family clinic where we can take 40, 40 at a max and teach them all together. And then they're going to go back and tell their neighbor. But if we don't get more into the engagement part of teaching them all, we're not going to make a dent. You know, the whole, let's take kids fishing, they've been around for years. I've seen it. But this is where we're getting success. So I'm just encouraging people to look at that model if you really want to make an impression besides just looking at it from a charity case of let's get kids off electronics. No, let's get together and enjoy this great recreational thing together. Absolutely. I, I think it's a great program. I, I thank you uh, for being on again, Kevin, and look forward to an update somewhere down the road. And uh, keep doing a good job. Communitykevin.com is where you can find out more information. 
Thanks for being on. That was Kevin Brandon. I am Dave Kranz. This segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel. For those with a passion for the outdoors, the We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta Outdoors, from bluegill to bluefin, Calcutta Outdoors has the innovative outdoor recreational brands that consumers are looking for. We offer a wide range of trusted products, from fishing rods, combos, and tackle, to coolers, drinkware, outdoor apparel, and marine accessories. Calcutta Outdoors. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Surley. My partner Dave Kranz is not with me. He is remote. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. And if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. And with us now, one of my uh, one of my favorite guys. I know I say I have a lot of favorite guys, but I really mean it for this fella because I'll never be able to make up for the uh, injustice I did on him the first time I had him on the show. He's one of the best fishermen around. Uh, he had a tremendous year last year. Uh, he's in the swing of things. He, he is just in a sweet spot right now. Man, this guy can catch bass. Please welcome Mr. Justin Lucas. Hey, Justin, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, you know, I don't want to beat this to death, but I'll, I'll tell the people the reason I feel I owe you is, first time I had John, we're going through this interview, we're probably close to done with it, and I said, hey, man, have I been calling you Justin Atkins the whole time? Yeah, it's all good. And you, you said, yeah, you did, and I said, well, hell, why didn't you stop me? And you said, you're such a polite guy. I said, hey, it's your show. You can call me whatever you want. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> oh, man. We fixed it. It looked good. And, and every time I see you, I know my face gets red because, I, I'll, you know, you don't, bust my, you don't bust my chaps, but you have every right to. But I'll, I'll never live it down, I swear. Well, it's all good. Don't worry about it. And I'm happy to be here. Oh, definitely. definitely. I really appreciate your being here. Uh, hey, talking about a, a good year, you know, you're very successful. When you fished uh, the other, you're in Major League Fishing right now, you fish the uh, the Bass Pro Series, you fish other things. You came from FLW, you fished there. 
You won Angler of the Year back in those days, and that tells me that uh, you have a remarkable ability to be consistent. Uh, how did you get to be that kind of a fisherman? Well, yeah, I've won, I've won the Angler of the Year in 2018 with Bassmaster, and uh, man, that was, I think I was about 31 at the time or something like that. And uh, it was just, it was an incredible thing to accomplish that, you know, for me, because like you said, you know, I've always really tried to be a consistent, consistently good fisherman. And a big part of that is just where I grew up fishing. I grew up fishing in Northern California. There's a lot of very diverse fisheries out there. You have to be comfortable with tidal water at the Delta, shallow grassy water at Clear Lake. And then drop shotting for spotted bass at Shasta Orville out in, you know, 50, 60, 70 feet sometimes. So I was really comfortable uh, with all that growing up at a young age. And it has had a huge impact on my career, you know, traveling all over the country and fishing different places in all these different states. And I'm very thankful for it. Well, you're very diverse. Would you would you tag yourself with having a reputation for being a certain type of fisherman? What is considered to be Justin Lucas's strength in fishing? I would say my strength is definitely probably finesse fishing. Uh, that's what I've won most of my tournaments on. But I've also, uh, you know, I've won tournaments uh, with a bait casting rod in my hand and nothing else to do. So. You know, I, I, I love flipping. That's probably my favorite way to fish. If I could just go flip all day, I mean, I love it. But not every tournament lines up where you can do well flipping. And so you have to be willing to, you know, pick up a spinning rod or pick up a topwater, pick up a spinnerbait, whatever it is. And uh, I'm, I'm just really comfortable with a lot of things. But my, my strength, I would say, is finesse fishing. Favorite way to fish is flipping. Definitely makes sense to me. Uh, makes sense. Uh, how old are you now, Justin? I am thirty-seven now. Thirty-seven, man! Is it really yeah, time? Getting great. Time getting really. Hairs my beard, and I got a five-year-old and a one-year-old. So. I, I was going to ask you how those kids were now. Wow, I can't believe that you're thirty-seven. Boy, time really, uh, time really flies by for some people. You know, I haven't aged a bit uh, in, in in the last year, yeah. so you know, I, I feel bad for you taking it all on yourself. But <laughs> but that's a good thing. And you know what? When we talk again, I'll, I'll see you at ICAST. Uh, in addition to us joking around about me calling you Justin Atkins, you can also say, "Oh, this is Steve. He's the guy that called Bassmaster FLW the last time we talked." <laughs> no, that's all oh, good. Geez. I, I fished up all over the place, so it's hard to keep up. I'm out of streak with you, man. Hey, I want to talk, let's go back and talk about that. You uh, you cut your teeth on, on the co-angler circuit. Uh, how good was that for you in your fishing education? I mean, really, you know, I, I came up uh, through the ranks that co-angler time before college fishing was around. So to be honest with you, that was school for me. I went to junior college a little bit, and I – I decided to quit and go all in on fishing. And I always had jobs where, you know, I could work Monday through Thursday and be able to fish every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and then, you know, once I quit school and focused on fishing, I really treated fishing as a co-angler as my school. And I was able to win several tournaments as a co-angler. So not only was it a learning experience for me, but it also was able to 
uh, build up the bank account and kind of fund my career, you know, because this is an expensive sport and it's all relative. It's expensive today. It was expensive, you know, 20 years ago. It's expensive 13 years ago, 14 years ago when I was getting started. Um, and I was thankful, you know, to have some good tournaments as a co-angler and be able to, you know, start my career not having to go in debt too much. And the big benefit of that is that you can fish more freely. You know, you can fish more openly. Uh, you just don't have that pressure on you that you have to get these checks at every tournament. And no different than a golfer, you know, when he's sitting on hole 18 on the final round and he's got to make a putt for a big check. And if he really, really needs it, He's got more jitters than the guy that doesn't really need it. And the chances of, you know, the guy making it that doesn't really need it uh, probably are higher than the guy that does. So I, I always preach that to these younger fishermen. I, I always try and tell them, you know, fish with what you can afford. Fish tournaments that you can afford and try and make enough money in those and use that money to move up to the next level. Don't try to stay out of debt doing it because, uh, Man, these guys are so good out here from, you know, the bottom level to the top level. They will kick your butt if you're not ready for it. Yeah, it makes, makes a lot of sense to me. It certainly does. Uh, when Let's go back to that co-angler thing. Uh, it was the, uh, the, uh, the professional fishermen that had the rules changed to eliminate the participation of co-anglers at the top levels of tournament. Uh, are you... Happy that you don't have co-anglers anymore, or would you like to see that come back? Because you, it was a part of making you, you know? I think you must have a little bit of you would like to see it happen again. Yeah, you know, it's fishing as co-angler. Um, I, I think it's where I think it's in a good spot right now. You have the Toyota Series, and you have the Bass Opens, and that's where you have a co-angler, and that's where it's important. When, when you get up to our level, like on the Bass Pro Tour, I really don't, I wouldn't want a co-angler there because whether you like it or not, they can change the outcome of a tournament. You know, if they catch a couple of a guy's fish off of a certain spot and he never gets those bites because another guy's thrown in there, I mean, that can certainly change the outcome of the event. So the fairest way for guys that truly make a living in the sport at the top level is no co-anglers. And then, you know, I, I did most of my stuff. It wasn't on the pro level as a co-angler. Most of it was on, you know, double uh, A, triple A type level. Yeah, right. Start and the old Western National Guard Western series that we had back then. I I, I agree, and I and I and I understand that. I just I'm a, I get a little sad thinking about it because for all my career in outdoor communications, I preached that everybody should co-angle. Don't spend money on a vacation. Uh, and, 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 and well, the, the good thing is now is, you know, we, uh, at major league fishing, uh, people can sign up to be a boat official and you can still learn a ton doing that. And same on the Bassmaster elite series, you can sign up to be a marshal. Uh, and that's a great way. If you want to learn, you can go watch these guys learn. And, you know, the cool thing about the Bass Pro Tour is you can actually be interactive and weigh the fish and everything and be a part of it. And so that's really cool. And, uh, man, it's a great way to learn, and then it's not affecting the outcome of the tournament. Oh, right? for, like, for sure. And you know what? If if I was going out with you for the day, I would rather be an official and watch you than fish 
because I'd, I'd be fishing and not learning. I'd be spending too much of my time uh, doing what I already know how to do than watching you. I'd rather not have the rod in my hand and, and watch you. And, and as long as I shut up and didn't ask a million questions, it'd probably be a great day for both of us. Yeah, I hear you. I agree. Yeah, I, 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 that, 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 is, uh, that is certainly, certainly interesting. Hey, you know, talking about uh, consistency and I think you're. I think you're having a really good year. Uh, in addition to this, like, uh, like you follow a tournament win uh, on the Toyota series. Uh, you you've been doing real well, uh, finishing in the top half or the top twenty five percent or higher on everything. And that's what you have to do to win an Angler of the Year and 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 uh, uh, pay the fees and keep your equipment up and and be on the water consistently. Is to score like you have been scoring. When you get in the boat at a tournament, what are you fishing for? What about, what I'm asking is, are you fishing to win? Are you fishing for a top 10? Uh, what is your goal? And can you approach what I'm asking? Is it is it different fishing for a win than it is fishing for a top 10? You know, I think it is. Uh, I went down to Ufala for the Toyota Series where I won last week. Uh, and I, I went down there. I wasn't fishing for points or anything. So I was able to go down there and tell myself, you know, I'm going to practice three days and really try and win this tournament. And I stayed offshore the whole entire time. And uh, that was that was the reason I was able to win. But it was really tough practice. You know, if it was a regular tour event, I might have gone to the bank just to try and figure out how to get a few bites, you know, and uh so, yeah, it, it is different. You know, when you're fishing for points, you can't just go all in and say you're trying to win every tournament. Uh, if you do that, you're going to have, a, a, you know, you're going to have a lot of bombs. And you see guys do that throughout their career. They either bomb or they win. And that's just not who I am, you know, mentally. Uh, I, I can't stand the bombs. So I always try and find patterns where I feel like I can get paid and then try and build off of those as the tournament goes and take some chances in the tournament uh, to see if I can try and figure out something to win. Excellent. Excellent answer and very, very honest. I don't know if I'd get that honest of an answer out of everybody, but I knew I would get one from our guest, Justin Lucas. He's with us on We Fish ASA today. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, more with one of my favorite guys, the one and only Justin Lucas. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected. But what you can do is take matters into the seat of your, well, shorts. Meet Aftco's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. Built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry docked for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuables safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts from Aftco. Learn more at aftco.com slash overboard. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. 
distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Surley. Don't forget that We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. I am with the winner of the Toyota Series event sponsored by Major League Fishing on Lake Eufaula in Oklahoma, Mr. Justin Lucas. Tell us about that tournament. How did you do that? Uh, run it down day by day. What, what did you do to get that win? Yeah, well, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was the deal where I said, you know, I told you earlier, I stayed offshore the whole time in practice and Luckily, I found a brush pile in about five feet of water that there was a big shad spawn happening on. And I caught all those fish each morning uh, on a new Berkeley Power Blade spinnerbait. It is an amazing spinnerbait. Uh, I, I've caught so many fish on a spinnerbait this year since that thing's come out, and I've been able to put it in a tackle box. Probably got more this year on it than I have in the last five years combined. So it's a great spinnerbait. It was awesome for the shad spawn. Uh, but once that died each day, I'd have to go to a Berkeley Power Hog. And I would just drag that around very slowly. I'd dra drag around some rocks, some, a couple road beds, just some hard bottom uh, where those fish were still, there was still a few spawning, but there was also a lot of post-spawn fish feeding up on some bluegill and things like that to, you know, fatten up and get moved back out there to some deeper water. But I focused everything six feet or less and, and it really paid off staying in that shallower offshore depth. Everybody fishes spinnerbaits. I say, you know, uh, there's nothing that's used more than a white spinnerbait in the spring. I don't care where in the country you're fishing. There's a million different kinds, and I always get a kick out of it. I laugh when I see guys going to tackle shop, and they've got those spinnerbaits hanging from those uh, little trees, and people will grab their three for $10, and they say, oh, let me get three of those or six of those, and... Why don't you go buy a, a good one, you know, spend some money and buy a good one. Ah, oh, they're all the same. Well, well, they're not. Number one, those real cheap ones, first of all, you have a hard time hurting yourself with a hook. The the blade, the, the hooks are so dull, I always find that to be. And, and there's other features that make a spinnerbait a good tool rather than a cheap tool. Uh how much difference do you see? Is it is it the amount of uh, the amount of blades, the shape of the blades, the the skirt material? Uh, you know what I'm saying? The, the, does the the way that that spinnerbait is constructed make that big a difference? Yeah, it, it makes a huge difference. It's easy to look at them and say they're all the same, but I'll tell you this: Berkeley spinnerbait, the power blade, uh, the wire is a, it's a really thin wire. It has a incredible vibration and because of that wire and also because of the shape of the blades. The blades catch, they catch the water very quickly, very easily. They spin very freely and that makes a huge difference. And the bait, as soon as it hits the water and you turn the handle, it's, uh, it's working properly. 
and it is just a bite getter. That thing gets bit uh, for the most part because of those two reasons. The other thing, it's got a really long shank hook, like an extra long shank hook, and it uh, raises the need for a trailer hook, which is really cool. Uh, so, and it's a super sharp Fusion 19 hook, and I was a little questionable about it at first, but man, after using it, I have hooked fish so good on it, and I can reel it through cover where a trailer hook would normally get hung up, and I can use this same spinnerbait through all that and uh, be able to get the bites and fish it through the cover very well. People don't realize, uh, maybe they do, how, how much time is worth to you. Uh, you only have so many minutes in the day to fish, and you got to make it uh, productive. And it's, it's got to kill you when you throw a spinner bait, and all of a sudden that thing, the, 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 the knot has moved, or uh, it, it, it's tangled up, and you got to straighten out those blades. And when, when you're using a $3 spinner bait, that seems to happen all the time. And, man, you don't have that, – that's, that's money out of your pocket, every cast that isn't right. That is a very true fact. Yes, sir. I agree. I ask you about other things, money-wise sponsors. I, I, I was trying to get you, you know, I, I tell people this all the time. They think, all right, these guys go fishing once a week and put a $100,000 check in their pocket. Life is good. Man, you guys work really dang hard. I tried getting you last week, and you were like, please don't do this to me. I, I, I haven't had a day off, and, and I don't know how long I really need to get some stuff going here. And I said, I wish people could hear that part of this, how busy you are and how few off days there are. But that's what happened. And then we tried to uh, uh, set this up. We're, we're recording this on uh, on Monday, uh, on, on Monday, and not a fishing day, but it's a work day for, for Justin Lucas because I said, can you do this interview? And he said, well, I got to do it after 5 o'clock because I've got a commitment to go fishing with sponsors on Monday. So you fish with sponsors today. Yeah, we have a sponsor hospitality event going on with Major League Fishing right now. So I took some of their sponsors fishing. It was a great time. We went back on Gunnersville, caught a lot of fish. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, you can you can say all that, you know, and that we are busy and all that. But, man, at the end of the day, I feel like I have the best job in the world. I am incredibly thankful for it, and I wouldn't change it for anything, you know. And uh, there's times where it's busy, but it's never uh, – it's never annoying to me or it's never, you know, it's never a problem. I'm very thankful to be able to do this. I tell people the only truly hard part about my job is just traveling away from family when I have to do that. So uh, other than that, you know, it's, it, to me, it's the best job in the world. And man, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. So, you know, when I have to fish several days in a row, that's just part of it. And yeah, I'm tired at the end of it. Uh, I'm beat right now, but it's all good. I have no complaints about it whatsoever. You face pressure every day. And uh, I, I know you feel the pressure. You probably say you don't feel it that much, but but I know you do because it's it's there. How much pressure is there taking sponsors out, man? Uh, this is not like you know guiding. Somebody's giving you hundreds of dollars to take you out for the day. Yeah, you gotta you gotta put fish in the boat for them. Uh, tournament, you know, you're fishing for big money. Uh, these sponsors are technically paying you a lot of money to put their name on the front of your jersey or on the side of your boat. Do you feel extra pressure when you've got sponsors in the boat with you? 
I don't. You know, I have a great relationship with all of mine. Uh, and, you know, again, I'm very, very blessed to be able to have the companies uh, that I work with, you know, as sponsors of mine. And they're they're great people. They're friends. So I don't I don't really have that pressure, you know, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, I enjoy being able to get on the water and build those relationships and take those people fishing and, you know, give them a little bit of a glimpse into what we really do every day. What about the media guys? Do you, you, you enjoy being out with them? I don't really go fishing with the media guys very often. but uh, I, I wouldn't either if I were you. That's, that's the best way to look at that. Yeah, I hear you. A good friend of mine from up here who's in the, the Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame has always said, writers can't fish and fishermen can't write, and it should just stay separate like that. You know, I don't want, uh, you, I don't want yeah. you in my boat. I like you, but I don't want you in my boat. Stay away. Okay, that's good. I can, I can deal with that. Uh, when did you move to Alabama from California? Uh, it's been 13 and a half years now. So you were not married then? I was not, but as soon as I met here, or as soon as I moved here, I met my wife. Which is a which is a great thing and another big plus for Alabama. But you you didn't have to convince a California girl to move to Alabama with you, which was probably a plus. Yeah, I actually broke up with my girlfriend out there and told her I was moving to Alabama and fishing was more important. So I did that, and then uh, you know met my wife pretty much as soon as I moved here and just fell in love with her and. Been happily married for gosh, I don't know, uh, ten years now, ten and a half years. So it's been good. I'm I'm a very lucky man. I've got a great wife and a great family, and I love living here in Alabama. It's a great spot, and uh, yeah, wouldn't change anything. What's the best fishing state in the USA? I don't know. I mean, it's pretty hard to beat California, Texas, and New York, in my opinion. But man, Florida and Alabama. I would put those five in the top five. It's it's hard to pick one, but it would be California, Texas, New York, Alabama, and Florida. Very good. Very good answer because a lot of times New York doesn't make that list, but it certainly deserves to be on it. Uh, there's some legendary fishing, and, you know, you would think a lot of the guys from the south would say, oh, dang it, they've got us going upstate New York again. Uh, they love those New York tournaments. Uh, the fishing is just so legendary. Uh, it, it, I don't care who you are. Your, your ex-Bassmaster Classic winners are one of the first guys to sign up to fish those northern uh, uh, northern New York tournaments because the fishing is so good. Uh, it, it's got to be amazing. Yeah, it is really good fishing up there in the summertime. And Florida doesn't come up a lot because there's more guys that curse Florida than praise Florida. Florida is really tough on a lot of guys. Well, I, I love it down there and the opportunity down there to catch big fish. Probably better than outside of California. I've got more fish over eight pounds in Florida for sure than anywhere else. So I like catching some big ones, and man, Florida is definitely. What, what's the biggest fish, what's the biggest bass you've ever caught? Uh, 13 pounds and 9 ounces. Where at? Uh, I was on the California Delta, caught it in a tournament. Oh! On my, last, on my last cast of the day, and I called out a 12 and a quarter inch fish. Wait, say it again? I called out uh, a 12 and a quarter inch fish that probably weighed, I don't know, a pound or a 13 <laughs> nine. <laughs> 
That's the biggest. Yeah. That's the biggest uh, separation in weight between biggest and and, and smallest uh, to make it in the box in the day that I have ever heard. And, and you know what? Yeah. You, you never hear of double digits. You never hear of double digits digits in tournament competition. So, man, you should be really proud of yourself on that one. It's not official, but I always tell people I have the Guinness Book of World Records for the biggest, largest call on a last cast ever. <laughs> Maybe ever, period. But uh, If you follow baseball, they keep track of that uh, minutia like that. You know, who, who, who follows this? But that, that's a good one. That is definitely a good one. All right, what's the biggest one you ever lost? Man, I don't know. I've lost one down there at the St. John's River that still haunts me today. But it was probably 12 or 13 pounds. Okay. It's a great, great, great one. All right. I, I, I give you that. That's that's good. That's excellent. Well, you know what? I want to see you get another, uh, get, get a, a teener in, in a tournament. That would be a great thing. And if anybody deserves great things that happen to them, they certainly do. Folks, we've been uh, blessed to have with us today Justin Lucas, one of the best young fishermen in the planet. Guy is on a uh, hot streak that has... Uh, you know, most hot streaks last over a couple of tournaments. Yours is lasting uh, years, and uh, I hope it never ends because we enjoy watching you. We enjoy talking to you. You're a great guy. You're a great fisherman. Congratulations on your success. Thanks for being you. We appreciate it, and keep up the good work. All right. Well, thanks again for having me. I appreciate it, and you guys take care. Hey, hey Justin Lucas, what a great guy. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Trey McKinney. My goodness, this guy is going to be one of the best of all time before he's done fishing. I know that for sure. Thank you very much, Trey. I'd like to thank Kevin Brandon. Does a great job helping the fishing world through Real Guppy Outdoors. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you, Justin Lucas, one of my favorite guys. Went through the whole interview without calling him by the wrong name this time. Rather proud of myself, Justin Lucas. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. And Daiwa, we've got your bass covered. We sure do. Daiwa Reels. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. Uh, it's available everywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to check us out at our website, wefishasa.com. You can contact us there. We love to hear from you. We respond to everything. So have at it. If you want to tell us what you like about the show, please let us know. If there's something bothering you or something you'd like to hear us talk about that we don't, let us know that too. We appreciate all of your input. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner's Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week. Now, let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.